0: Hi, I'm Sam, and I'd like to welcome Tim Staffel, a member of Smile, the predecessor to Queen. Tim released his third solo album, Wayward Child, earlier this year. Welcome, Tim. How are you today?
1: Hey, Sam. I'm very well, thank you very much. Could I pick you up on a a point there, just briefly, which is that Wayward Child will be released in its entirety in June of this year.
0: In June, all right.
1: At the moment... I've just released the first single last Friday, The Sinner. In a month's time, I'll be uh, releasing the second single, Any Other Way. A month after that, the third single, and then I think one more single, and then the full album. Oh, boy. And so... it's available on all digital platforms. So, And I really hope people do it because I think it's the best thing I've done.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like, I mean, a full project you're doing there. It sounds like a quite a quite a process
1: well i mean the the interesting thing about it for me is that the two previous albums that i've done well the, the two solo albums i've done amigo and too late we handled pretty much everything ourselves but we didn't focus quite so much on the production as we did on this one and i can only just hold my hands up to oscar and jason in barcelona who produced and engineered this album because not only did they do a superb job they encouraged me to take a a more restrained view of singing and of 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 the performance so consequently i think i think what we have here is a quality album with with a with a more measured approach than the stuff i've done before uh and, and i think it was the right thing to do
0: yeah i mean it, it certainly sounds like quite a Uh, you've poured this much time into it it has to be pretty great huh
1: yeah yeah i i I mean i I guess you know partly the 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 restrictions that the pandemic put upon us were what made me want to become liberated in the because we were going to do the album before the pandemic came along but i wasn't necessarily going to record it in barcelona and when the pandemic drove us all indoors I, i at some point towards the end of it, I thought, hell with this, I want to go, I want to go to Barcelona. And because my son, who is my drummer, my eldest son, who is my drummer, lives in Barcelona, I just said, look, I'm coming to Barcelona. We'll do the album in Barcelona. And he said, well, oh, actually, I've got some really good friends who have a studio. Um, They're very good. Let's book time with them and do it there. And we did. And it proved to be absolutely the best possible decision
0: so how long have you been working on this album for
1: well i i went in the middle of the pandemic i i i did all of i did demos of all of the album on on logic um albeit relatively crude versions but nevertheless you know multi-track versions i sent i sent them all to i sent them all to barcelona so that andrew could put could put real drums on them because the program drums in logic are they they're fine but you know they they lose a bit and i don't have that many plugins and i'm not that adept with it to be honest however we got some decent demos out of it during the pandemic and it was you know something to do <laughs> um and uh, and what we sent them to barcelona the, the guys in the studio so effectively if you discount the, the one or two songs that predated the pandemic um then it it's been what 2019 so it'll be well, getting on for i guess getting on for four years from the original demos to the finished item
0: wow yeah so i guess this is another uh, an, another product of that that time we spent indoors
1: <laughs> yeah my goodness me gosh that was a that was a strange one <laughs> yeah tell me about I it i still don't know what i still don't know what to make of it you know I mean, it was, it was actually kind of quite pleasant. But I got, I got out of the habit of, <laughs> I got out of the habit of going out for walks. You know, I, 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 and I think it was because it was difficult to engage with anything, apart from TV. Well, I don't watch TV much. I mean, I, I do a bit, you know, but because I wanted to engage, I, I, I set myself to writing new material and recording it, and, um, and the process. Um, took off so yeah it's good of course I'm now working on my fourth album wow it's another story <laughs>
0: oh boy can you tell me a little bit about that or is it all uh, mysterious?
1: no I mean um, I, I although 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 i I would have liked to have rung the changes from um, Wayward child and gone back into a high energy, um, thing I'm afraid that what seems to happen with me is that the l- lyrical content of what I do is is very much governed by the age I am, and 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 it's a perspective that somehow determines the nature of the material. And actually, I think that's the case with Wayward Child. I mean, there are one or two up-tempo tunes on it, we you know, which are which have more or less, shall we say, disposable lyrics. But as I've grown older that the each subsequent album has contained more personal material in terms of lyrical content um in early on maybe lyrics were generalized um maybe slightly anthemic in, at times and then i began to introduce like narratives um, little stories each of my albums has got at least one track on that's got a crazy fictitious fictional story in it um and and uh waiver child's no exception but i have started to include personal reflections in that material um and the, so the, so the new one um uh the new one is the same i'm afraid that uh the the, 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 the material is so well so far i've got three or four songs l- lined up to go and they are mostly reflective. Uh, about you know what it's like to be 75 (laughs) well I mean
0: you you certainly must have like a lot of a lot of stories to tell though I mean that's that that's the the positive here right
1: I think yeah I guess so I mean I I do tend to um I do tend to I do tend to touch on the philosophical a lot um but in fact I had a conversation with my son yesterday where i i said that although in some instances you might look at my lyrics and say they are they 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 can be somewhat morose in their reflection in the in the way they're reflective but actually in each most of the songs each one contains maybe a last verse which is optimistic and in that respect i think what i'm doing here is it's it's anti blues if you see, I mean, I think I've, I'm, I've developed a new genre. It's I'm I'm used to playing the blues clubs in, in London, but I'm actually playing, playing anti-blues. Wow.
0: A whole new genre. That's pretty cool. I yeah. <laughs> o-
1: optimistic, optimistic philosophy,
0: I think. Yeah. Uh, that's really neat. You, you got your whole new style like that. That's really <laughs> great. You, you defined what you do. Oh, oh man. That's...
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, even the last verse of The Sinner, you know, which is, uh, you know, there must be some way we can make this right. Uh, see eye to eye and not turn down the light. This little world keeps spinning on and on. Without each other now, we'll soon be gone. I mean, that's just, that to me is a an, an optimistic plea for harmony, yeah. you
0: know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to hear that in music, because a lot of the time it's, it's all kind of down and...
1: Yeah, but... Or, or too deeply personal. I I find I find relationship songs, although although to hit, I do actually write enough relationship songs these days, although they're they're a bit different. But I, there are so many lightweight relationship songs around that I get very tired of them. You know, because don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, that's your problem, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mustn't be. I mustn't be. Um, sorry, I mustn't be too dismissive. I mean. I, I I was I I I was listening to the yesterday morning I was listening to uh, I, I I had Spotify and I was listening to the Dixie Chicks now probably not your genre maybe it maybe it is your genre but when I got into the car and I had a long drive yesterday and when I got into the car and I put Spotify on in the car it, it fed me the most fantastic playlist I've heard in years. And and it was all country, you know, it was, it was all country. And I, I'm a big fan of modern country. And, uh, and, and it, it was, and apart from the fact that the musicians are absolutely superb, it's all about relationships, it's all relationship songs <laughs> and, you know, quite moody ones at times. So I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here
0: yeah i mean i guess we can all have our guilty pleasures in music right
1: <laughs> yes yeah absolutely yeah well i have have been known to put the odd beethoven sonata on as well oh uh,
0: yeah <laughs> hey i mean classical is a, a very valuable um a very valuable thing like what i think sting was yeah. talking about how he plays bach every day yeah i, I don't know yeah. it's, it's interesting well
1: I, I i mean i i in about the in about the late 80s I I I started to there's a there's a radio channel here in London radio radio three and we don't have that many channels um, well we didn't used to at that time and radio three the name stuck and it's exclusively a classical channel and I ended up I was and I used to commute into the centre of town driving and I I got fed up with talk radio and I actually got fed up with pop radio so I turned it over to radio three one time. And kept it on Radio Three over the months, and eventually I started to remember some of those long and complex classical pieces that that you you might you might immediately dismiss because because they're because they they require listening to they require a, an engagement you know. And and uh, and so eventually, I, I kind of got turned onto it by default. Uh, and and when I first heard Beethoven's thirty-two piano sonatas, I, I was absolutely blown away because I, I swear to God, every single possible tune and and nuance and accent and. And melodic, and rhythmic, and and um, uh, contrapuntal phrase and syncopation is in those 32 piano sonatas somewhere. You can come across something that you that you hear uh, that you may hear any day on a on an ordinary you know modern commercial record. It's all there. And I, if I was to be marooned on a desert island with the 12 records of my choice. I would choose the thirty-two piano sonatas of Beethoven.
0: Wow, I
1: would. <laughs> wow,
0: yeah. Oh man, I, I yeah, I never really hear people talk that much about Beethoven. Like, but he oh, he yeah. was a genius. I mean, he was deaf. Oh, yeah. He and he somehow still wrote some of the best music ever. Don't know how he did it. <laughs>
1: If the post when he did it. I mean, he actually. I think the current current thinking is that he wasn't as deaf as as people have thought. He mm. he still did have a mod modic. He couldn't play piano because they he, he kept playing too loud. But um, but he still could actually slightly hear. I think in oh. one ear. Didn't he
0: have like the the ringing in his ears as well, like tinnitus, I tinnitus? think so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, could I ask you how did you get? How did you start doing music? Like, what made you want to start start playing?
1: You know, it's a really uh, good question, that and one that I was talking to someone about the other day. Um, I have a distinct memory when I was a little boy of one night going into my mother's room. Late at night, and waking her up and saying, "Mum, Mum, I want to be a singer." And uh, and I don't I don't have any continuity to back that up, but I have a distinct memory that that happened. And I remember she said later later on, well a bit of continuity later on she said, "If that's what you want to do, just make sure you go for it." And and actually, I I probably didn't pay as much attention to her as I should have done because I do regret now not. Not learning music theory. Um, I I I I took to I took to music in the sort of early sixties more as a more as a social. Uh, mo- I was motivated socially to do it rather than rather than technically or or professionally, and I wish I'd I wish I'd uh, you know learned learned theory and uh, because because now I struggle with it um you know that here's a here's a 100 a bucks to the person who can describe modes to me for instance i mean oh yeah tell, I... me what, tell me what modes are because i still don't get it oh man <laughs> yeah
0: music theory is certainly something i'm taking the class next year so i'm gonna i'll, I'll send you an email when i do figure out what modes oh, are
1: <laughs> do do please do I mean, <laughs> I, I cannot stress i, I took a because I, I, I got into jazz as well very heavily you know and um, and I, I and that's really what makes me i took a three years of jazz guitar three year course in jazz guitar it, um, part-time course uh, and uh, and i'm not I, i'm still no i'm no guitar player i mean I, i'm i'm adequate and i i'm adequate for my own songs and my chord progressions are interesting i think uh they're not generally that common but i still i really wish i could play like i don't know lee written or larry carlton or or one of these wonderful adept pat matheny players you know um some of these guys they're just dynamite joe pass barney kessel uh i can't think i, I mean there's just too many yeah too many yeah i
0: mean guitar is one of those instruments you got so many people who play it and so many people who play it pretty pretty well
1: (laughs) oh man yeah
0: oh yeah well was smile the first band you were a part of
1: um uh not really that um 1984 i don't mean the date i mean the the band name predated smile because 1984 was school band that brian and i were both in Uh, we both met we met at Hampton school, which is local to where I am now. And we were both students there and together with a couple of other guys, we had a a little covers band that, that, I mean, we made, we made some money. We, I mean, we certainly managed to top up our allowance, our, our personal allowances to, to a reasonable figure by playing gigs on a Saturday night. And we, we were quite well placed to do gigs. Um, so, 1984 was the first. It, it wasn't the first. It was the first serious band in the sense that it, that it had a it had a, it had a life of its own. It it, it was it was an entity. Um, Smile was the first band where the music had a life. The music was important. I mean, the music was important in 1984. But but covers covers material was was adequate then. And in Smile, although we did do a few covers it was important to start writing our own material because that's what happened in the late sixties. Everybody, everybody wanted to write their own material. Um, People were kind of tired of 12 bar blues and, and, you know, covers of, well, not Motown, but covers of, of Spectre and Everly brothers and that kind of, that kind of pre, pre Motown pop that, that existed people were tired of those covers and they wanted to start writing their own material. And so you've got this explosion of writers you've got the Beatles for a start. And and then you've got, you know, the Kinks and Fleetwood Mac. And well, actually Fleetwood Mac were more of a blues, more of a blues band, but certainly the Kinks and the Who and the Move and all people writing really interesting original songs. Um, uh, and so that's where we were at. And, and, and you know, the re- and the, I think the reason I, the reason I eventually decided that Smile wasn't for me was because it was moving in a heavier direction than I wanted to go. Um, um but you know, but to that's what they were suited for. And look, when Freddie joined, look what happened. Yeah. I mean, people say to me, "Thank you for facilitating Queen." Well, that's great. I mean, I, I didn't exactly do it consciously um but um but it was quite obvious that I was not the person to create that um to create that style it it wasn't my style so uh and you know Freddie's Freddie's increasing confidence that was that was coming out after after college and after everything was just the catalyst that it needed to pull Brian and roger and later John together into that formidable um, quartet, which have become a force of nature.
0: Yeah, well, other than that one song you played in um, Bohemian Rhapsody, like the uh, the movie, did you ever like do much with, with
1: Queen? Not really, I mean, Brian and I wrote Doing Alright, and uh, there's another one called Step On Me, um, which we wrote in Smile Days, um, but uh, no, I was on the sidelines After that, um, I always thought that the original reason for for them recording Doing right on the Queen album was, was because they'd run out of material. They'd run out of original material and they needed one more song. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I've never actually got to the point of asking Brian that question. But um, as luck would have it, they did record it, and I'm very, very grateful that they did. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's helped me out enormously. Uh, and the movie, it was a privilege and an honour to be asked to do the movie. And I, I didn't know whether I was going to succeed or not, because there's a 70-year-old guy trying to, trying to emulate his 20-year-old self you know and i guess i must have managed it
0: yeah i mean i listened to the um the recording from the movie and i was like hold on is this is this smile from back from the 60s or is this this now i it was honestly kind of hard to tell and i i had to really no, look
1: I, I, let me let me um enlighten you on that one it is actually a hybrid oh that that track is a hybrid and th- th- it contains uh, it's basically it's a digital collage uh, I I was not party to the production of it. Um, I did the vocal, and I do I do know that some of my vocals used on on the um, on the track. I can hear it in some places. But they also used some of the Queen version. They used they somehow managed to separate the, some of the lead vocal from the original version, which doesn't even exist as a multi track anymore. It's uh, they must have pulled it off the stereo which is pretty amazing really but I guess they got enough money to be able to do that yeah if it, if it you know I mean for all I know they could have they could have used AI to recreate it completely um but uh, it's a, but I like it you know I mean the reason they asked me to do that track was because I think the the version that they were working with before I came along and sang it and actually I did play bass on it as well um was a little too refined and a little too sweet and what they wanted was to to inject a bit more of a, a visceral vibe into it that um to to um to emulate the the original 60s sound which i think they did pretty well you know
0: yeah i mean that that turned out to be pretty amazing i i listened to that song and like the the smile record um you did as, as well as some of your your uh like solo stuff and it's just i'm I- I'm continuously impressed. Like you have yeah. had had a good run and you're you're still going. I uh, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm still writing. I mean, I I I know I I know I shouldn't. Maybe I can maybe I can be allowed to to um to inject a little dig here at Brian and Roger and that get writing, boys. Keep writing. Don't stop writing. We haven't heard anything new for some time. We want to hear some new stuff, you know. Mm. Uh, i, I, I it, it's a bit of a it, it's kind of a bit it's therapy for me writing you know i mean it's not you know growing old <laughs> what am i saying growing old is not without its issues shall i say and uh, and many of them are intellectual and writing songs and and tr- trying to trying to um trying to establish or or um or formulate objective truths is an important part of writing songs for me so it in that respect it's cathartic and it's it's um it's there it's therapy it's it's i don't need a i don't need a therapist i just need another song
0: yeah it, it's kind of kind of beautiful that way you can like pour your emotions and and everything going on into a song
1: you can there's there's one tune on wayward child which is Deeply personal, um, and it was. And writing it and recording it, it's the only. It's actually the only song on the album that I was allowed to play guitar. on. <laughs> oh, well, the, the basically the producer, the producers wouldn't let me play guitar. Well, th- that's not quite true. They let me play guitar on two tracks, but I, uh, I that, but that's because we had such a great band. And that they want they wanted me to focus on on part part conducting the 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 band itself without being um, distracted by having to having to keep my head round the playing. Uh, so I think that was kind of a smart move. And they did let me play on two songs. Now one of them was one of the most cathartic songs that I've ever written. Um, it's called Tomorrow Is Another Day, and it's uh, it to me i i think it's i think it's my best ever song i i don't think other people do but but i do because it's it's more it's full of it's full of it's full of the release of certain angst you know that um that 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 a song is supposed to be i think
0: yeah i mean good for you for for doing that and i i'm still i'm so impressed like for you're working on your fourth album yeah. wow wow yeah. that's just that's crazy <laughs> that's amazing yeah. i'm that's so cool and i i see you got some some instruments back there i don't know if you'd be interested but would you mind like playing a song
1: sure Okay, where can we go with this? I've got rather slack strings on this. Out of place and the time has slipped away. It's too late, I can't have it any other way. Time is a wayward child, it buries you or sets of. Thank you that's the second that'll be the second single um due in about a month from now three weeks from now
0: oh boy so that I, I
1: was just a verse a verse and the middle eight there and i the reason i played that was because the chorus is time is a wayward child that's the title that's the origin of the album title
0: yeah yeah well i i I will be sure to listen to your full album when it comes out and the singles as they do. That was, that was really good. Thank you uh, so much for playing that.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's all right. It was a bit ropey and I, 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 I was, I'm slightly croaky, which I need to resolve before the weekend because I've got a gig at the weekend. And, uh, um, so I've got, I but better, I better, maybe I'll buy some throat spray on Amazon when we get off the air.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh man, thank you so much for talking to me, Tim. This has been so, so cool, just getting to hear your entire musical journey, like with with Wayward Child, with your fourth album, with all your stuff with Smile. This is so, so great, and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity.
1: Oh, look, Sam, it was a real pleasure.
0: I'm Sam, and I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tim Staffel, the bassist for Smile, Uh, the predecessor for the band Queen. He's also uh, just releasing his third album, Wayward Child, as well as working on his fourth album, so uh, be sure to listen to those when they come out. If you enjoyed that interview, make sure to check out my back pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcasting platform to listen to many great interviews just like this one.